Jayasudev everyone and welcome back to another week of Vihangam Yoga Global Online Forum. I'm Adi from Sydney and I'm excited to bring you another week of some interesting conversations about spirituality. Recently, I was fortunate to have a conversation with Abhinav Kishorji, an engineer from Sydney and a regular practitioner and also an instructor of Vihangam Yoga meditation. In our conversation, we talked about the topic of progress and free will. I won't introduce it too much here because our conversation entails it. But to give a short summary, if we look at any time that we've existed as humans, we've always focused on trying to make progress and using our free will to make that progress to achieve those goals. So what we're going to do is dive a little deeper into these concepts and think about some interesting questions such as what does it actually mean to make progress or why do we have any free will? So for the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at this conversation in three parts. I hope you sit back and enjoy part one today. If we look at the human race in any era, there's always been one important concept concept that has been the foundation of any progress that we've made. You see, as individuals or as a society, we've always seek to understand and evolve our potential. So in other words, to evolve our ability to achieve our goals. The concept that has always been the foundation of this is free will. So let's explore the concepts of progress and free will to ultimately understand two key questions. What is the true meaning of progress? And what is the purpose of having a free will? Today, I'm joined by Abhinav Kishorji from Sydney, Australia, a software engineer. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. And let's get straight into it. So as such a large concept with multiple layers, how can we simply understand the meaning of progress? Mm. Yes, yeah, so firstly, thank you, Adityji, uh, for you know, having me. I'm very honoured to be here. Um, you know, you've kind of started uh, on a very uh, interesting question, um, arguably the most important one, which is how do we define progress? Um, you know, it's, it's, hard to give a, it's hard to give an answer that matches with everyone's stage in life without first considering different kinds of progress that people are looking for in their life. You know, if you're a student, you're probably looking for intellectual progress. If you're a manager, you're probably looking more for progressing in terms of your emotional intelligence, perhaps, so that you can better understand what your peers require, what your reports need. If you're an engineer, um, perhaps like, you know, myself professionally, uh, there's different kinds of ways you define progress. Uh, maybe it's reaching the team, you know, the goals that your team has. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's important to take a step back and, and realize, I think, um, that progress and, and what we do in society, um, that there is a bit of a distinction or a gap between the two. Like, you know, to kind of give an example, um, I, I'd say, you know, if you're a, a CEO of a large company um, and 
people look up to you, they think that you've progressed a lot and you definitely have in one dimension of life. Um, but then if you walk out the, the front door of your company and then you start yelling at people, um, perhaps that, you know, you're lacking progress in a different area of life. So, you know, when, when you ask the question of how to define progress, we also almost need to define what life is first and the different facets and dimensions of life. Um, and I think to keep it simple, like, you know, there's three main facets. Um, if you look at the, uh, the deeper philosophy of, of humanity, we kind of identified three key things, I think, uh, physical, mental, and spiritual. And what I have kind of noticed in, you know, studying and, and looking at some of the people who I really admire is that no matter how, how far you go in any field or domain, progress ultimately becomes about mental fortitude and about spiritual understanding. So to kind of explain those mental fortitude, meaning, you know, your ability to keep going and overcome any obstacles and spiritual understanding in terms of, you know, having a deeper understanding of yourself and what you're capable of. So, if you kind of look at these two things, you can see it very well represented in many of the successful people around the world today. You know, you have, you know, great sportsmen and sportswomen, uh, people who are just, you know, sports people, I should say, um, who, you know, just do incredible things with the human body. You have intellectually gifted and talented people, uh, you know, people like Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, who even though you know, they're not with us anymore, they are with us in every you know, aspect of our life, their theories are reflected and utilized, you know, so everywhere you see, you know, there people have to reach this point of mental fortitude of being able to overcome and also a point of understanding what they are and what they are capable of. And I think, you know, as a youngster and I'm still, you know, I'm not like old or anything, but, um, as a person trying to understand it myself, um, I think that's where, you know, the, the ancients really interest me and the way that they, they discovered uh, progress uh, in a spiritual sense. So, you know, putting that aside for a moment, I think the way I would answer your question, um, I've probably been a bit roundabout, but the way I would answer it is uh, progress is um, basically, in my understanding, progress is anything that allows you to become a better version of yourself. So. It doesn't have to be big. It can be as small as anything, but as long as you can go to bed and you can say to yourself today, I did something and the way I lived was even a little bit better than yesterday, then I think you progressed um, because progress, I don't think should be measured by social terms. I think it should be measured by human terms, you know, and the most human thing and the most human things are not really physical. They're, they're very much, you know, within, within you, um, the way you think, the way you act, the things that you achieve are reflections of who you are inside. So I think progress is anything that makes you a better version of who you are. And the way I would explain that is anything that allows you to overcome the things which are holding you back or anything that gives you a better understanding of who you are and, and, and what you are. So. Yeah, I think rather than overcomplicating it and saying progress is 
you know, this much money or this much success. I think it can be very simple. And I think the most successful people do uh, tend to just look at progress in little steps. Yeah, as you've put, there's really a lot of layers as we look at progress. And you unraveled uh, a few uh, wonderful concepts there, which was uh, mental fortitude and understanding yourself. And ultimately, if we look at progress in that simple way of just being able to become a better version of ourselves every day and overcoming things, it, it kind of leads into our next uh, question, which also links with mental fortitude. So we'll start with there. And what I wanted to ask you is, it, it's kind of easy to fall into sort of undesirable cycles of bad habits and feeling bad about ourselves for not making progress, not achieving the things we set out to do, maybe with a daily goal in mind, weekly goals, monthly goals, however we set ourselves. And these bad habits can hinder our progress. So the question is, how can we stay motivated? How, how do we stay motivated to make progress in our lives, to stay sort of strong mentally, have that mental fortitude every day? How can we stay strong every day and make progress? Yeah, right. Um, very important question, obviously. Um, and, you know, I've actually been uh, on break this week from my workplace. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot as well. Um, you know, what motivates me? And, you know, I was actually talking to a, um, a, a member of our community recently about something similar um, you know, she, she was saying to me, um, you know, she's a young girl and, and she was saying to me, you know, I, I sometimes struggle to find motivation to, to change my habits. And, you know, if you look at it, motivation is a very selfish thing. Um, you know, motivation is often the way that society expects us to be motivated is very focused on yourself like okay i need to become this i need to become that i need to do this and as spiritual seekers and you know myself i, I obviously consider myself an aspiring spiritual seeker um you know anything that has a lot of eyes in it it it, it has a certain smell to it um and that smell is of uh, something that is very focused on self um and on self on achieving something for yourself um and it's interesting it's almost ironic because in spirituality and in you know when we talk about the deeper you know kind of progress as a person you're always focused on overcoming things within you and you're very much focused on understanding yourself but the question is what is your motivator does that have to be you or should it be something else so in what I've understood, I think the best motivation is motivation that is not tied to you. Um, so, you know, as an example, if I were to say today, I'm going to get up early in the morning now because I want to, you know, exercise really well and just become really fit and feel great. That's fantastic. And a lot of people have that motivation. There's another way of thinking, which could be, I'm going to go to sleep and I'm going to get up early so that I can become fit so that I can help the people around me so that I can be there for people 
when they need me physically or so that I can overcome my mental barriers so that I can be a better person, so that I can be a better uh, brother or husband or wife or um, partner or anything, anything at all. So I've often found motivation when it's self-driven, it can be difficult or more difficult to sustain than when you have something much bigger than yourself at, at heart. Um, you know, the people who have changed the world, the revolutionary thinkers, the revolutionists, you could say, they've always had humanity in mind. They've never limited themselves to just themselves. Like, I want to be happy, or I want to do this, or I want to do that. It's always been about something much bigger than them. And I think that makes motivation a lot easier because it gives you a much more truthful way of living your life. Because at the end of the day, the achievement of any of your goals is not just going to affect you, it will affect the people around you, as well as the failure that you may you know, perceive to be failure, but it's more like a stepping stone. Um, everything you do affects the people around you. So keeping the people around you in mind and kind of having this wider, broader way of thinking, I think is more close to the truth as well, uh, in terms of, okay, I want to do this for myself. Yes, that's absolutely fair. And that's absolutely, you know, a, a way that we all motivate ourselves day to day because we're trying to challenge ourselves and we're trying to overcome and become better versions and all of that. But the, the, the primary thing is why are you doing that? If it's just focused on you and, and you, 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 then there's always going to be a bit of a limitation. But if instead you're focused on something bigger than you, then I think it becomes much easier. Another way of thinking about it is rather than focusing on the, you know, the end state, focus on the journey. You know, that's, that's almost more enjoyable than the best than the destination. Um, you know, if you're a, if you're a runner, you can focus on the finish line and just think about the finish line and that can be your motivator. And, you know, as soon as you hit the finish line, you're done. But you can also just enjoy the environment as you're running. You can look around you, you can notice the birds, you can notice the trees. And then even if you hit the finish line, you'll keep going. Like it's, you know, your motivation is much bigger than, you know, anything, any endpoint. So I think that's the key thing that I'd say. Like motivation should be large. It should be so vast that there's just, you love it and you're passionate about it. And you don't do things because other people tell you, you find the motivation inside yourself um, by thinking more broadly and wider. Um, I also think there's another part to your question about breaking cycles. I think the easiest way to break a cycle in your life is to first identify it. I think that's probably the most difficult part. Um, you know, just sitting down by yourself, away from social media, away from your phone, away from people, and just being honest with yourself and saying, okay, I'm caught in a cycle. And one exercise I try to do sometimes is I'll get a blank piece of paper and I'll write down, what is my ideal day? What does that look like? And after doing that, so much clarity enters my head because it's like I have an innate understanding of what I need to improve and where I'm going wrong. And that's in itself an answer. 
And if I don't have an understanding, I can speak to the people around me. I can research. I can find out what I should put on that piece of paper. So, you know, trying to treat yourself as another person because you are, you are a person and just, you know, coaching yourself. Like, okay, what is the ideal day for Abhinav? And then step-by-step step going through that process. And I think I've discovered so much about my understanding of life through that, where there's gaps, where there's things I need to find out more. And yeah, like I need to take care of myself so that I can be good to other people, basically. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really interesting to think about the layers in motivation and the aspect you've brought up about it being often kind of selfish in sort of the convention and way it's in the way it's uh, presented to us as individuals in this world today. You know, uh, the moment we think beyond ourselves, I think there's also a different level of satisfaction in our daily actions. And, Absolutely. And we're not, we're no longer sort of mechanically pushing ourselves to find motivation. Instead, you're just moving in the, you're, move, you're pursuing the path that you truly want to be pursuing and you feel satisfied. And that brings me to my next question, which is something you touched on early in your answer just then. And that was about failure. So when we think about this, when we think about, you know, thinking beyond the self and, mo and having a motivation that is large, that does help us in then getting beyond cycles of bad habits and being clearer with what we want to do. But we all do experience moments where we're not able to achieve that clarity and we fall behind in what we're trying to achieve. But the question becomes, is, is failure actually, you know, a real thing? Does, does failure exist? So is, is there really a thing such as failure? When we do fall behind in our progress, when we do fall short, should we look at it as a bad thing or is there something more to it than that? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Well, failure does exist because it feels pretty bad. <laughs> um, you know, when you fail, you know you failed. And it doesn't matter what anyone says to you, you know that you failed. And I think the... You know, as an engineer, like, you know, if anyone out there is thinking about engineering, get used to failure um, because, you know, for myself, for example, like um, in our industry, if something works, you tend to see a screen which has red coloring on it saying, you know, this thing is broken. And if something works, you tend to see green and it says, you know, this is working as a tick. I've seen red much more than I've seen green. Um, that's just the way that, um, life is as an engineer um, and that's just the way life is I think you know um, the the best thing about for me the best thing has been as an you know being an engineer the best thing that I've received is a different way of looking at when things don't work you know there's this I've, I've been very lucky to work with many kinds of engineers now and the most incredible engineers I've worked with they kind of pursue red more than green um, because they are looking for failure points in the system that they are building. Um, they want to understand where it doesn't work so they can fix it so that they can make, you know, the lives of customers more consistent and happy. So failure is information. 
um, as far as I'm concerned, from my perspective. And it's very easy to say that, but the point of the matter is, if you are perceiving something as failure, usually it's telling you you have a, a bit of a distance to walk. And that is very valuable information, very valuable feedback, because let's say that, you know, you just keep seeing success after success after success. Eventually, you know, you'll reach a point where there's a lot more responsibility, there's a lot more moving parts involved, and the risk of failure, um, or the, the impact of failure, I should say, is so much larger um, on you, on the people around you, that, you know, it's, you know, when, when that happens, there's almost sometimes it's, it feels like there's no way of going back and, you know, you don't have a way forward at all. Um, but that's why, you know, any failure should be treated very respectfully. I think you should feel bad, you know, that's important that, that, you know, you should try to understand why you feel bad because that's information, you know, like maybe you feel bad because you felt like you could have, you know, worked a little harder maybe you feel like it's a silly mistake so you need to practice more again um yeah failure is information like um i think what's important is you know fail a lot and that will harden you um you know if you if you fail to make a cake in the way that you intend uh 20 times then when you do make it right you'll have completely understood all the mechanics of, of making a cake, of baking a cake. Um, and the confidence you will have will be so vast that you can start a YouTube channel and say, this is how you make a cake, you know, and here's all the things to be careful about. So immediate perfection is actually imperfect, I think, because you don't have a complete understanding of all the things that could go wrong. And I'm never going to trust a person as an engineer who, you know, only understands how things work rather than how things can't work. Because if you understand both things, only then do you have all the knowledge that you need to make sure something is actually working. Otherwise you might see green, but it might be that something is actually not working as intended either in any, in either case. So, you know, it's you, false confidence is more damaging um, than anything. You know, you could get, you could walk into a room, talk to everyone in a certain way. And then when you leave the room, maybe everyone doesn't like the way you are as a person, but you think you've done a great job. Um, and that's the worst thing. You know, if you find out a year later, all the people you work with think that, you know, you're not a great person or that, you know, you have certain qualities they don't admire, they don't like, which makes them avoid you, then, what was the point of all that false thinking that, you know, I'm succeeding every day in the way I communicate. So failure, feedback, and what we call, you know, thinking about growing yourself is much more important. I think, um, you know, especially in competitive environments, failure is, you know, very difficult to take, but you know, it's so you're lucky. Like, you know, if, if you finish a race and it's gone perfectly, well, what's next? But if you finish a race and you feel like there's part of it you could have improved, there's a failure point, then that's a blessing. Like you have a way to improve, to get better. Um, so I think it's a matter of perspective as everything is in life. And it's easier said than done.
But the truth of the matter is you've been given information. So you should treasure it and you should think about what information you're being given, I think. Yeah, in my personal experience, I, I would definitely agree that like we should really try and treasure it as information because like personally what I've seen is, well, in my limited experiences, that success or failure, ultimately they're experience. They're a way of teaching us how to do better. Yeah. Whether it is success or failure, like experience is the best teacher. We always hear that. But an interesting thing about failure for a lot of us around the world is, yes, it can bring you down very quickly emotionally and make you feel very bad, but it can also eventually become sort of a fire for us that we never want to feel like that again. We want to only succeed. We, we don't want to see that failure anymore. It, it becomes a motivator. So what are your thoughts on seeing failure as a point of motivation? Do you think it's a good thing? Oh, that's very interesting, actually. Um, hmm. I think I would say... Hmm, I think I would say that that seems more like you're operating based on fear rather than on a positive emotion. Um, yeah. And even if you reach that point where, you know, you're not failing, you're always going to be scared. So even if you're moving forward in life, you're always going to be thinking about that impending failure that you're trying to avoid, um, which doesn't seem very healthy to me emotionally uh, for or mentally for a person, I should say. Um, I think instead, you know, like, I think it's also important to understand that um, there's very few failures that you can make in life that are, you know, completely detrimental. Most of the failures we have in life, you can recover and you can move forward and learn from it, um, most of them. The more, you know, damaging ones or the more involved ones, absolutely, it can be difficult to, you know, go back. But even then, in those, there's such a deep and meaningful learnings that, you know, you can immediately, just even by sharing your experience, you can help a lot of people. So I don't think failure should ever be a motivator. I think it should be an educational piece, but the, the goal should always be a lot bigger than failure, I think, because failure, yes, it gives you very valuable information. And in a way you could say that, you know, sometimes people search for failure as points of feedback, but you know, why are you searching for that feedback? What are you trying to move towards is more important. And that's motivation, I would say. Um, again, that's just my perspective. Like, you know, if you're out there and you feel like failure is helping you in where you are is a motivator, perhaps it's good for you now, but I think in the long term, it's probably going to be damaging rather than helpful. Well, folks, that brings us to the end of our first part of this three-part conversation on progress and free will. I think today we learned two key things about how we can look at progress. Um, you know, the first thing is, it's important, as Abhinavji said, that we have an ideal day and an understanding of what we want to do each day for us to feel like we're moving towards our goals. But most of all, the two key things is, you know, number one, keep progress as simple steps. Day by day, 
work on yourself, work on the things you want to do. And the second thing, when we face hurdles, you know, when we have failure, we should try our best. You know, it, it does feel bad to fail and to fall short. It, it's, it's common for all of us. But the quicker we're able to view those experiences as information and to use it in a way that it can improve ourselves, that's a huge form of progress and advancement for us as individuals. So I hope you all enjoyed this first part and we'll see you again next week for part two on our conversation on progress and free will. So just go there and we'll see you next week.